This is Brian Lohman. On behalf of the Lohman Ray Insurance Group, welcome to this edition of High School Prep Football Confidential. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Lohman Ray Insurance Prep Football Confidential. Another beautiful Monday night here at the studios of News Gazette Media. Talking high school football, of course, it's, a, it's kind of a different week in that we share the Friday night spotlight with some college football. Yeah, we don't. Uh, it's not going to be all front page high school uh, high school football uh, on uh, Saturday morning, uh, which uh, certainly an interesting wrinkle and uh, makes it a little more uh, a little more special, I guess. I'm Jim Rosso, News Gazette Media. That's Colin Likas, who runs the show for the News Gazette Preps Coordinator. We're here with Evan Con, Tamara McDaniel, running the run the ship as well. We'll uh, and it's a switcheroo on Saturday. There's there's high school football in the stadium. That's right. All right, we got to ask Colin if you got a beef with Colin Likas and who doesn't, <laughs> who doesn't really, really? <laughs> tweet at him at C Likas, capital N capital G. Yes, we got a special guest right off the bat. We do, yeah. When yeah. we're talking college football, <laughs> all right. A little bit, little bit college, a little bit of high school, right? Lenny, Lenny Willis, uh, U of I Associate Athletic Director of Facilities. Lenny, thanks for thanks for coming downtown. Appreciate it. Guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we brought you in because, I mean, the uh, as we mentioned at the top here, U of I going to be hosting some uh, some uh, high school games here uh, next week. Uh, you you mentioned to us before we went on the air uh, what kind of schedule you guys are going to be having over there, getting ready for all this. Can you uh, take the, some of the fans through that as well? Well, since we have Penn State on uh, uh, Friday night, mm-hmm. we'll start our regular schedule. Our regular schedule usually starts at 7.30 in the morning. So we'll probably will be there from like 7.30 a.m. to at least 12 uh, o'clock in the morning, so. Man, that's uh, <laughs> that's a uh, that's a Friday night uh, Friday night football for sure. Friday morning, Saturday morning football. Um, why was it decided to uh, to have these games this year? I mean, obviously the opening was there, given that Illinois was playing the night before. But uh, you know, it could have been a, an off day, I guess. So why the decision uh, there? Well, uh, the administration, the athletic administration, knew that we would be taken away from the high school uh, games, and we don't want to do that. Sure. Uh, we want to uh, magnify the high school games, uh, so we decided, hey, we got to get these guys to play. And uh, playing in Memorial Stadium, especially a high school student uh, who might not ever get to a championship game, will get the opportunity to play in Memorial Stadium. Yeah, and uh, are you able to take us through how, how the teams were decided as well, why those specific teams were, were chosen? Basically, uh, they're, they're area schools, uh, right. uh, Champaign, Centennial, Urbana. Uh, um, who else we have? Uh, we got uh, Tulum and Unity. And, and, and Unity. And, you know, so those schools that uh, are, are really in this area. So we're hoping to get a great crowd. Uh, we know uh, uh, the football teams uh, uh, would like to play at the uh, the university, and kids were always dreaming of playing on the university. So we welcome them in this particular case. Hey, I know Lenny's going to have a specific team to root for, right? <laughs> you, you, you read my mind. He has his three kids, two of whom played at Illinois, including Jacob, who started on the Rose Bowl team. All went to Centennial, right? right? So the Chargers are playing at 10. Lenny, can you openly root for the Chargers <laughs> or not? 
Yeah, I can because I sit, <laughs> I sit in the command post so nobody can see me if go. I'm rooting uh, and, and stuff. So no one else knows. But, yes, all three of my uh, sons went to Centennial, so we're kind of uh, Centennial guys. Well, uh, you explained, you know, what kind of schedule you guys have as far as the times you're going to be there. But uh, how about the logistics of actually, you know, getting these first two teams in with the fans and then getting them out and then you do it again and again and again? Well, we've had experience because we've hosted a uh, Illinois High School Association and it's just pretty much the same schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we uh, we think most of these teams will dress at their home stadiums. So that relieves some of the problem. Uh, normally, we'll, we'll use the visitor's locker room and the home locker room, but unfortunately, we won't be able to use the home locker room this mm. way this year. So we'll use uh, ARC as probably one of the dressing rooms, or we'll divide the visitor's locker room that we had have in half and get those uh, teams in. Plus, we have the indoor. So we have places to place the teams if they want to warm up or if they want to change – we think most of the teams will probably come dressed already or partially dressed, so they'll be ready to go. I mean, uh, as far as – I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, I know, Lenny, these kids are fired up to play in the stadium. I know there won't be a huge crowd, but uh, you've seen them with the state championships. What uh, Can you tell me the look in their eyes when they get, when they get on that mm-hmm. field? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's probably every little kid, especially in this area's dream, to play at Memorial Stadium. I mean, it's a great place, uh, a lot of tradition, a lot of history uh, that has been made uh, in the stadium. And those kids dream about playing in the stadium. Uh, so I know my sons did. They, you know, I, we, I worked there, and they got a chance to uh, to come to the to the field when when I was working. But to play in it, that was more exciting uh, than where their father worked. You mentioned this was uh, along the lines of the IHSA schedule. Is this basically a tune-up for state over in November? It will be, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's a little different since we, you know, we have the uh, Friday night game, the, uh, and we thinking we're getting we will get a big crowd for Penn State. Oh sure, because uh, we know Penn State travels well, and those fans will be there seven thirty in the morning in those lots. So we know uh, we'll have a long day, but it's like an exciting day so we're looking forward to it hey it was a bad day for kickers yesterday Lenny in the NFL I noticed now these high school kickers normally have a a big wide field goal to shoot at but they're sticking with the college goal posts on Saturday well we have to uh, find some new kickers for NFL so we kept the goal posts as is Uh, we don't want (laughs) we're we're auditioning kickers now for the pros already Uh, so no we're not going to change the goal posts out for uh, this set of games uh, but uh, for the uh, championship uh, series uh, later on this year, we'll change them out. Uh, we were, Jim was talking about, you know, what it means to the athletes to be playing at Memorial Stadium. What have you heard since these games? These games were announced back in the summer. What have you heard as far as, as buzz from any fans or anything like that? Haven't heard too much okay. about the about the games. Uh, but I think, you know, if the fans come out, I think they will enjoy it. Oh, yeah. uh, it's, it will be a great atmosphere, and I think the players need the support. Absolutely. Lenny Willis, U of I Associate Athletic Director of Facilities, joining us today. Uh, Lenny, any uh, any college thoughts to share with us? Any NFL thoughts? I wanted to get your take on just the football <laughs> scene in general right now. What's what's really got your got your eye lately? 
Well, I'm I'm a, I'm an Ohio State guy. There you go. <laughs> so I have to be pay attention to Ohio State and everything that's happened there. Uh, but uh, as you can see, uh, they don't necessarily need their head coach. They can still play uh, <laughs> and stuff. And they've done a great job uh, of playing the, the the few games that they played. Uh, now uh, with their coach coming back, uh, uh, are they going to be better? Good question. Good question. Now Lenny got to play for Woody Hayes. <laughs> Lenny got to play in a Super Bowl. That's all right. A lot of people don't get to say that. That's big time. Which one is uh, higher on your list, Lenny? Well, well, the Super Bowl is higher on the list. It was, uh, you know, it's a great achievement. Playing in the Rose Bowl for uh, Ohio State at that time was pretty pretty regular. My class went to four Rose Bowls uh, straight, uh, and that's when bowls were. Uh, Few and far between, because you had to uh, win a con- win your conference outright, and it was always a battle with us in Michigan. Usually, the last game because we play those guys the last game, uh, so that was the game uh, to, to to see if you're going to the Rose Bowl. Because if you didn't go to the Rose Bowl, you probably was you weren't going to a bowl. Yeah. I got to ask you, uh, back to the prep football scene briefly, the, the Wright Street Trophy went to Champaign Central last weekend. When are we going to see that back with uh, the with your, your Chargers? <laughs> That's a good question, but I'm hoping uh, that the, the – uh, I, I know how – I think Howard's son is leaving uh, Milton, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, hopefully next year because <laughs> I know he's a pretty good player. Uh, I, I kind of know him too, so yeah. – uh, but we're hoping to get back. Uh, to Centennial next year. Well, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Certainly going to be interesting to find out, though. Uh, Lenny Willis, U of I Associate Athletic Director. Thanks again so much for coming on today, Lenny. Really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. I, I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Absolutely. All right, thanks. We'll see if Centennial uh, cracks our top ten. We uh, will. We will after this break. We'll be after right this back. Break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Now back to the Loman Ray High School Prep Football Confidential on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. Building up to the Lovey Smith Show, 7 o'clock also on HMS and DWS. Should be interesting. Lots of, lots of football right now, but yeah, that's uh, after the unfortunate uh, happenings over at uh, Memorial Stadium over at uh, Soldier Field last mm-hmm. week. Uh, certainly, uh, it should be interesting to see what uh, Coach Smith has to say. All right, he's all right, uh, Coach Smith said um, oh, yeah, at NewsGazette.com sure. right now. There's a video by Scott Ritchie saying uh, how he's fired up and he thinks it's all right. Colin, you're a high school guy. I am Are a you high all right guy. with... Uh, this Friday night game over at the stadium? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's no no problem at all. I mean, uh, the, the, the the high school faithful will certainly continue to go out to, to where they want to go, and those who are drawn in by the U of I game, you know, it's a, it's a great show as well. UI Penn State is, is not a game that will disappoint. So, you know, sharing the spotlight never hurt anybody. There you go. Colin Likas will unveil his top ten on tonight's show, as Throughout he always show, yes. does. will be in print tomorrow if you miss it. But I ask Colin, uh, I've already had a tweet, today yeah how in the heck is champagne central not in your top 10 the right street champions why, why doesn't anybody tweet me nice things <laughs> that's uh, people don't do that Colin. <laughs> well you know two and two it's uh you know it's it's an up and down start as two and two would suggest uh you know a, a couple more wins and i think central can be in that conversation 
and they do have some games coming up that I think it's plausible that they could uh, could improve their record to above 500 or soon, but not not quite on that plateau yet, in my opinion. All right, you go to newsgazette.com for that photo gallery from their Wright Street Trophy yeah, Championship Stephen game. Stephen Haas got some uh, great images from Over, that. Those kids were pumped. Hey, their old coach, Nate Alba, is doing uh, good things at Judah Christian, yeah. that eight-man football. Uh, yeah. Explain. Yeah, Nate Alba, uh, Judah Christian, He, uh, as Jim said, he was uh, – before he was at Champaign Central, he uh, he left, and then he uh, became the first ever coach for Judah Christian's new program, which is part of the eight-man football league, along with another area school, Milford Cisna Park. Uh, tribe not off to the, the hottest start so far, but you know, uh, Coach Alba is keeping things upbeat. Uh, he spoke to me earlier uh, over the weekend about what he's seen from his first ever tribe team so far, and also what it was like uh, playing the first ever home game at the Field of Dreams last week over in uh, Champaign. We have a, a squad that's excited about playing. Been thrilled that the the school has just been. It's kind of brought a very unique new energy to the school that has been very noticeable, and uh, the kids and the whole student body are just really having a blast with it. And not paying a whole lot of attention to whether or not we're winning. Uh, you know, most first year programs suffer a similar fate. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're just looking more so at our boys beginning to learn how to play the game, and, and they sure are. And week after week, they do a few more things uh, well. So it's just been it's been real fun to be a part of. I think that a, a large part of our school, large part of our community, had never really been a part of a, a home football game where you feel like you're at home. And that facility everybody's very familiar with feels very comfortable out there now. And so to be out there together as a as a school unit, as a school community was pretty great atmosphere and and um and again on the field you could feel it and we were you know we got pretty well thumped by a very good lake forest academy football team and uh but it it just didn't matter much our kids were just having a blast playing and our families were having a blast being there hey i saw that video anthony zillis did explaining eight-man football using his drone yeah that was a real cool video it's a different a, look yeah it's a little bit of a longer watch a little over five minutes but well worth it i uh, i took a watch the the day he put it out and yeah it was uh, everything i thought it would be and more so for those who are uh, wanting to learn more about the eight-man game watch that video and then go over to the field of dreams on friday if you're free to watch judith christian take on milford cisna park that should be uh, an interesting game in my hands I have the top ten. Yeah, Colin, you're uh, you're gonna you're gonna ruin that piece of paper. You're gonna wear it out if you're not careful. Judah Christian not in the top. Ten. Judah, Judah Christian's not. <laughs> it's gonna in the be top a couple of years. Yet. Hey, they uh, you know they're they're on their way once they uh, once they get those numbers. Take it away, Colin. Top ten. A uh, little bit of change this week. Not too much, uh, but there was a little bit of change required. Uh, Flip-flopped numbers 9 and 10. Uh, Prairie Central checking in at number 10 this week out of the Illini Prairie Conference. Uh, the Hawks 3-1 and one down one spot after losing to an undefeated Pontiac team 36-30 to 30, uh, despite Collier Palmore passing for 139 yards and Matt Kearns rushing for 116 more. Uh, the Hawks with a good chance to rebound against Chillicothe IVC this week. Uh, Chillicothe IVC, the Gray Ghosts. Uh, one and three on the year. So Prairie Central uh, has a good chance to go to four and one and keep its spot in our top ten. Uh, moving on to number nine, the team that was number ten last week, Evan Conn's Clinton Maroons, four and zero oh after uh, crushing Meridian thirty-five uh, nothing. The Maroons have permitted an average of five points per game so far, which is usually going to win you a lot of football games. I believe they have two shutouts. Uh, Tyrese Petty, uh, he's been huge for Clinton, 110 rushing yards and four touchdowns in the win over Meridian. 
Uh, Colby Winter also had 75 rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, the Maroons with a major game this week. They host a team we'll talk about later, Tuscola, 3-1, uh, and one, uh, Central Illinois matchup. Uh, before that, though, talked with Clinton coach Chris Ridgway a little bit about that defense that has allowed just 20 points through four games. I've, I've been extremely impressed with not just uh, the way the kids have played, but the way they prepare. Our kids you know, have taken film very seriously, probably more serious than I've seen in, in all my years, even as an assistant. I've never seen a group of kids commit themselves to uh, critiquing their play as much as uh, our kids have this year. I think it, it definitely gives the kids something to uh, to be proud of, and really that take that pride into each game as you know a badge they're going to wear that they're going to keep that that score down. That was uh, Chris Ridgway, Clinton ba- football. Bad news for Evan Kahn and the rest of the Clinton faithful, but they're going to be out of the top ten next week. Oh wow, that's you're you're stirring the pot over there. Just my forecast. All right, Shannon Sharp, calm down over there, stirring the pot. Hey, you never know though. I mean, uh, Central Illinois football is strong right now. Clinton, Tuscola, Saint Teresa, Warrensburg, Latham, some good teams over there. But we move on in our countdown. We'll see next week if Jim is right, and if Jim is not right, well, the folks from Clinton can come and uh, stare at him through our our glass window here until he breaks. Uh, checking in at number eight this week, we've got the Salt Fork Storm out of the Vermilion Valley Conference. Uh, the Storm remain at number eight. Uh, they defeated Westville 41-14. Uh, on a separate note, uh, Westville coming off a very strong season last year, 0-4 this year. Tough start for the Tigers. But back to Salt Fork, uh, Tate Johnson, 77 yards on just eight carries. The sophomore is really rolling for the Storm. Max Brannigan added another 76 yards. Peyton Taylor, who I think is in our MVP discussion right now, had 19 tackles in one game. Some kids don't get 19 tackles in one season. Uh, Dylan Washkowiak added another uh, another 11 tackles in the victory. Uh, tricky game this week for Salt Fork. They host Tri-County, which is 3-1 and one and was just outside our top 10 last week. They suffered a tough loss to a uh, powerful Cumberland team last week, so uh, Tri-County couldn't quite crack the top 10 this time, but tough test for the Storm. Uh, sticking in the Vermilion Valley Conference with number seven, Bismarck Henning, Rossville, Alvin. Uh, the Blue Devils getting votes in the Class 2A AP Bowl. Uh, defeated Georgetown Ridge Farm 25, 35-26 last week. Um, the Blue Devils host the aforementioned Westville Tigers this week, even though Westville's 0-4. Not a game for uh, Bismarck to overlook. Westville is a rival of Bismarck. Those two teams want to beat each other up. And so Bismarck uh, is not going to take Westville uh, for granted, I'm sure. Hey, big weekend in uh, big week in Fisher, right? It's homecoming week. week. Parade on Wednesday night. If you're up in Champaign County, go check it out. They got a big pep rally afterward. But uh, more on the bunnies. Yes, uh, more on the bunnies. Also, homecoming theme. uh, Salt Forks game against Tri County. Also a homecoming game for the Storm. But back to the bunnies, who will be having their own homecoming game. They remain at number six this week. I almost considered moving them up because of how thoroughly they dominated uh, Flanagan Cornell Woodland last week. 58 nothing victory in the Heart of Illinois Conference. Uh, needless to say, Fisher is off to a strong start at 4-0. And uh, Tyler Wilson is just going to be the guy who gets all the carries for this team. He had four touchdown runs. Uh, all uh, Actually, three were in the first half, one in the second half for Fisher. Will Delaney, dual-threat quarterback, really breaking out. He had two touchdown passes and a run into the end zone for Fisher. 
Uh, Fisher scored seven times in the first half, which is usually going to be good enough to get you a win unless your, your defense implodes. Uh, but the Bunnies, um, their homecoming game, they couldn't have drawn it up much harder. Uh, they host Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, who is also 4-0, which we will talk about uh, later on. GCMS, I believe, will also be due for a rise in the Associated Press poll this week, which, again, I will talk about later on. So that's uh, that's our first six here of hey, our latest top ten. That's the game you'll be at Friday night. That right? is the game that I'll one? be at All because right. that game, uh, Fish, that Fisher crowd is going to be hyped for that game, as they should be. And Gibson City fans travel well. I saw that at uh, at uh, Husky Stadium last year in DeKalb. Uh, those fans certainly care about their team. And uh, so it should be a great game. We'll have our photographer at that game as well. We will uh, have a Robin photographer Schultz, at that game, yep. Uh, our photo editor will uh, be there while the rest of us uh, over at the <laughs> stadium. Yes, I will uh, I will make sure the high school football still gets its love while, uh, while the University of Illinois uh, grabs a little attention as well. Uh, I wanted to jump outside the top ten a little bit, though. A team that could be on the rise here soon, uh, one we haven't talked about really on this show yet, the Leroy Panthers. Uh, they earned a clutch victory over Tremont, 28-22 to last week in four overtimes. Uh, Coach B.J. Zalesnik talked about the importance of the fight his kids showed in that victory as well, uh, especially the second overtime when the Turks came out and scored eight points and Leroy had its back against the wall. For this group, you know, that was a great moment for them. Um, you know, it's a group that, that has struggled when behind in the past, and, you know, this year it's that's uh, an area where they've shown growth, which is pretty exciting. Um, you know, so yeah, a proud moment for sure uh, as a coaching staff uh, to see them able to make a play. You know, that's that's always you know something we talk to them about. That at the end of the day, no matter how sound you are technically, you've got to be a playmaker. And uh, our quarterback was able to throw a couple of catchable balls, and we had kids that that were able to bring them in. So, no, I was, I was ecstatic for them to be able to give themselves another opportunity. And and the set that we ran offensively, uh, in order to get those two passes, we ended up running the rest of the overtime because, it you know, we found that it that it spread them out defensively the way we wanted and we were able to run the ball uh, effectively after that. After week four, you start thinking playoffs, right? Oh, and, yeah, you have to. And Leroy's certainly in the mix. Leroy in the mix of two and two. They do have a... Tough schedule remaining, though. They have games against Tri-Valley, Gibson City, and Fisher, none of which are walks in the park. All three of those teams have considered have been considered for AP spots at some point this year. Uh, but B.J. Zalesnik has been around that Panthers program a long time. I would never count out uh, Leroy until they're officially eliminated, if that becomes the case. All right, we're halfway through our top ten. Again, we'll be in tomorrow's News Gazette. If you want to tweet at Collins, at CLikeus capital N, capital G, tell us who he's leaving out. Yeah, please do. I Other like, than I love Central. The Other than Central. And PBL. And PBL. And Arcola. Okay. And just a few. I feel like this is becoming a personal attack. <laughs> we'll hug it out uh, during this break. <laughs> we'll be right back. The Loman Ray High School Prep Football Confidential continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. Thank you, Brian. Jim Rosso with Colin Likas. You can follow along on radio. The podcast will be up soon after this show. The podcast gets up real fast. That's the magic of Evan Kahn. That's right. Tamara McDaniel making it work. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter if you're on Snapchat, like a lot of the kids are these days. It's News-Gazette. Lenny Will's Snapchat star. 
Yeah. Our MET game of the week last week, I understand, was St. Thomas More going for two yeah. to beat Chillicothe that, IBC. You know, and I saw the AD does a great job on social media. He had the two-point conversion on Twitter soon yep. thereafter. Yep. He, uh, he actually, when I tweeted uh, during one of our breaks, I tweeted out a photo of all the helmets we have because Facebook Live's a no-go tonight, and he uh, immediately retweeted the photo mm-hmm. because STM Solomon is in there. Yeah, Josh Hinckley and also Krista Hinckley, co-ADs, do great job over there. But, yeah, STM, I mean, that team uh, that team fights hard. I mean, they uh, Monticello gave them a, a good working over in week three, and St. Thomas More obviously came out motivated in week four, and <laughs> going for two points when you're at 41-40 with the game on the line against a conference rival, I mean, that takes some guts. Coach Nathan Watson's program getting the job done. Big time. I need some more helmets, though, speaking of those. I need a Monticello yes. helmet in the studio. I need a Muhammad Seymour helmet in the studio. I, I like those it. Two, those two schools this week okay. deliver. Okay. All right. I will uh, I will go to those two schools. And, uh, you know, another helmet we uh, – Another helmet we could probably use is, is an Oakwood helmet. And, uh, you know, speaking of the Comets, so we're now joined by our football player of the week, Colby Smiley from Oakwood. Colby, thanks so much for being on tonight. No problem, man. Well, uh, how great was it for you guys to uh, to finally break through last week with that win over Hoopston area, uh, Schlarman Academy, Armstrong Potomac, and get that first win of the season after long last? It was a great feeling. Uh, we just needed that motivation. And now, hopefully, we go forward and win more games. I mean, how easy was it to motivate yourselves? Because, I mean, it wasn't like you guys were playing poorly in the first three games. You just came up against some tough teams, and there was, you know, one play here, one play there where it just didn't work. So it was easy to find the motivation, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, It was just motivation when we were 0-3, and and, uh, we just needed a win, and we all told ourselves we need to go 6-0 for the rest of the year. I like that. I like that attitude. Well, uh, Coach Craig, uh, obviously getting through to you guys. Then, what's it been like adjusting to uh, to his coaching style? How do you like the way uh, what he's brought to the table? I mean, I love his coaching style. I mean, he's always motivated and he's always telling us to not take our heads down, always pick ourselves up, and make sure we're always doing our jobs right, and then we can win ball games like that. Well, uh, Colby Smiley from uh, Oakwood, uh, the reason he is our football player of the week, he rushed for 214 yards and three touchdowns in that win over the Corn Jerkers. I mean, with how much you, you ran the ball, did you ever get tired at any point? Uh, No, not really. <laughs> that was mostly because of my offensive linemen. They made it really easy for me, and so did Nick Grubb and Cody Hansbrough. They made bigger holes for me. and Well, it was mostly all about the team more than me. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Nick and Cody. I mean, you guys are a three-headed monster back there at running back. Uh, if you really get things going like you did in this game, do you feel like you guys are one of the one of the better triple threats around as far as running backs are concerned? Uh, yeah, we're definitely the biggest three running backs in the VC, I believe, because we're probably around like 600 pounds total. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's hard to stop. That's a that's a threat uh, for a lot of guys on the uh, defensive line and linebackers and things like that. But uh, looking at your three touchdown runs, uh, you had a 15 yarder, a 25 yarder, and then you had a 70 yarder. Uh, which one of those were you uh, most happy with, most impressed with? Uh, my 70 yarder. Yeah, take me through that. Uh, take me through that play. What what happened there? Well. I was going out to the right side on motion, and then I just saw a cutback lane. I cut back and then had a few people in front of me, and I just had to run through them. <laughs> and, you, and you obviously did. Ran them, ran them right over. And, uh, 
You know, I was uh, I was wa- uh, looking out on Twitter uh, after uh, Friday's Hi. action, and I noticed a tweet from you, uh, a very touching tweet about uh, a family member of yours who passed away before he could watch your first high school game. And you talked about how your performance on Friday was so meaningful to you for that reason. I mean, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, it was my Papa Denny, and it was his birthday that day. Wow. And it really meant something to me when I ran that much yards and scored those many touchdowns i mean the most meaningful moment was that 70 yarder i mean it was close to his age and it really meant something to me oh yeah and if your your family i mean has close ties long-standing ties with oakwood football as well so i mean i'm sure it means a lot to you to uh, to be part of this program be making an impact oh yeah i just love this program i love this town i just love everybody in oakwood well, uh, what uh, what games are you really looking forward to the rest of the way here? You're going to get into the heart of uh, Vermilion Valley Conference action here uh, shortly. Uh, what game or games do you have on your radar? Um, I'm really looking forward to um, Bismarck and Catlin. Admit, I mean, that's going to be our most challenging games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll yeah. probably be the funnest games for us. Certainly. Yeah, there's uh, never a dull moment in the Vermilion Valley Conference. Colby Smiley, our Football Player of the Week from Oakwood. Thanks again so much, Colby, and good luck this week. Thank you. Well, that, was a, that was a great uh, great little segment there because uh, we got to, you know, we went beyond football there. We uh, we did, touched on some family matters, and I, when I saw that tweet, uh, along with uh, Colby's performance, uh, over 200 rushing yards in week four, I knew we should uh, we should have this young man on our show this week. Big week in Oakwood. It's homecoming. The kids always get fired up. They should be. Homecoming is a homecoming is a blast. It's amazing to me how uh, it feels like homecoming's early, but it's really mm-hmm. not. Like we're already in mid-September. Time's flying. Strange one is uh, Centennials is Saturday. Yeah, right? how about the, that? So there's a king and a queen at Memorial <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> I mean, um, that's probably one of the coolest places you could possibly have your homecoming inside the hometown football <laughs> stadium, college football stadium. But uh, to stay on the Oakwood beat real quick, uh, I also got to talk with Coach Al Craig uh, about Colby Smiley's impact on this team, not only uh, in the last game, but also throughout the whole season so far. Colby is uh, is a very special kid. You know, he's been starting in the backfield at Oakwood since he was a freshman. And, uh, you know, to see his growth, even when I go back and watch old films, obviously I wasn't here and I didn't get to see him in live in person when he was younger, but... When I go back and I watch the films, you just see something special in him. And this year, you know, as a junior, he really took the offseason serious. He worked really hard. And, you know, the first couple games, I, I don't want to say they didn't go the way he wanted them to go, but I don't think he had the game, the the stats output that he necessarily wanted. I mean, he wasn't disappointed by any means, but I don't think it's what he was uh, wanting. And then this week he finally had the chance to kind of, you know, bust out a little bit and, you know, you see a change in a kid when he has a game like that. And, you know, he's just, he, he was so fired up Friday night. I could just see it. I could just see a huge difference in him. Uh, well, I'll put it that way. I'm excited for him going forward. And I'm excited that now, you know, our offense is really starting to click. That was uh, Al Craig, first year Oakwood football coach, uh, former Champaign Central assistant. Uh, he worked under Nate Albaugh, who's head coach over at Judah Christian now. And uh, he worked alongside Tim Turner, who's head coach at Champaign Central now. Who's not in our top ten? <laughs> Tim, uh, if Tim gives me a call and and, te- and tells me uh, tells me off about that, uh, then I then you know I'll start it'll start getting through. I'm not saying they're going in if he does that, but then it'll start uh, getting some impact on me. That's for sure. 
But uh, you mentioned the top 10, so we should probably jump back into it because uh, we got halfway through before the first break, and uh, let's let's get a few more teams uh, out of the way here. Uh, number five, staying in the same spot as last week, St. Joseph Ogden out of the Illini Prairie Conference. Uh, they really struck a, a big blow to rival Unity's playoff chances with a 38-14 win. Rockets 0-4 have to win out to make the playoffs. Spartans 4-0 uh, have to win one game to be considered for the postseason two games to guarantee a spot. Uh, the big story in this one, uh, two big stories really, St. Joe's defense stellar, three interceptions. One of them was a pick six by Sam Wesley that went for obviously six points. That's why they call it a pick six. But the other story, the rushing attack for the Spartans, Dwight Colvin, who uh, we're going to have a pretty cool story about coming up here soon, uh, three rushing touchdowns shredded up the uh, Unity defense. Uh, Braden Weaver did more of the same, uh, one touchdown for him. Keenan Swanson, cap, he, uh, he, who also uh, had an interception, as quarterback Keenan uh, capped the scoring with a uh, touchdown pass to Jack Cook. So the Spartans uh, easing over their rival and staying at number five. Hey, if you go to Instagram, news underscore gazette, you'll see a picture of the maroon platoon, which was yes. named our student section of the week. That that uh, that crowd, uh, they, they never gave up. I mean, they uh, even when uh, the game was pretty well in hand, they were still making noise, and I'm sure the, the players appreciated that. So, uh, yeah, well, well-deserved well honor there. You know, uh, we, we like to see our uh, student sections going crazy, and we'll uh, – you ever want to send in a photo of your uh, student section going crazy? Send in a video, you know. We'll uh, maybe we'll get you on Instagram, on Snapchat, on Twitter, on Facebook, on on uh, what else? What other social media platforms that still exist? Those four are the most important right now, so we're gonna stick with those. But jumping back in to our top ten, number four, uh, same as last week, Argenta Oriana. Uh, Bombers defeated Sangamon Valley fifty-two to thirteen. Makai Stanley. Uh, rushed for 189 yards and four touchdowns while carrying the ball just 10 times. So uh, that's going to do it pretty well for Argenta. Uh, the Bombers uh, start a really tough stretch of the season of this week, uh, face Decatur Lutheran. Uh, that's followed by Saragorda, Bement, and Arcola. So if Argenta comes out of that unscathed, uh, they could see a rise in our rankings to be sure. Uh, but uh, now we have, uh, we've reached our other change in the rankings this week. In addition to that Prairie Central and Clinton flip-flop, we have a flip of the number three and number two teams necessitated by new number three Tuscola falling to St. Teresa last week, uh, 56-28. Uh, first half was tight. Things kind of got away from the Warriors in the second half. Uh, to be fair, the Warriors, who were ranked second in Class 1A by the Associated Press, were facing a team that was ranked fifth in Class 2A. So this is a battle of titans out there. Uh, this was Tuscola's first regular season loss since 2014, though. That's uh, that's more the, that's more time than a lot of the kids on that team right now have actually you know been in high school. Al almost all of them. So uh, big deal for the Warriors, and uh, you know one of their Twitter accounts. They have many that are very active. Uh, stated after the game, uh, we'll just have to start a new streak, which is a good way to go about it. Uh, but, you know, despite the loss, good signs. Luke Sluter rushed for four first-half touchdowns. Ben Dixon picked off two passes. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Warriors visit Clinton this week. Uh, chance to get back on track with a really quality win. Sure looked like a good atmosphere 
in Douglas County last oh, year. Oh, yeah, it uh, has to be. Clinton, Clinton fans always show up, and, you know, uh, there's obviously a lot of excitement surrounding that opponent, Decatur St. Teresa, as there clearly should be. So uh, you bring out two teams that are playing well and have high expectations. You're going to get a good crowd. I think we'll see that again in, uh, in Clinton this week as well when Tuscola visits. All right, we're down to our final two. You know, I've been pushing for Monticello to be number one, <laughs> and Colin keeps fighting me. We've, we've, uh, what, what have we got this week? Uh, we, we've got two teams left. Everybody mm-hmm. knows what two teams they are. Mm-hmm. but we have to figure out what order they're in. All right, well, we'll finish up our top ten when we get back after this break. Now back to the Loman Ray High School Prep Football Confidential on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. Six forty-five. Loman Ray Insurance, Prep Football Confidential. We're here every Monday night, 6 to 7. We'll never, we'll never leave you, at least not as long as prep football season's going on. i say we go prep basketball, too. Might I think well. we might have to. And then in the spring, prep baseball, well, prep softball, prep everything. Soccer. Soccer. Track. Everything. It's great. Colin, appreciate you doing this. Yeah, of course. Couldn't do it without you and Evan, Tam- Tamara, and... Uh, Everyone. One really. of these days, we're gonna stay. We're gonna start taking phone calls at three five six nine three nine seven. One snuck in last. One week. One did sneak in last week, and I I appreciated that. That's All why. Right. I, that's why I asked Clinton coach Chris Widgeway about his defense. I took I took a, a cue there. I had another ask, Colin. They want to play their school, which is not part of Saturday's lineup at Memorial Stadium. How do they go about getting in there? How How does a team go yeah. about? That's do you have to know somebody? I don't, I don't know if you have to know somebody. I think uh I think maybe you know, just just impress the impress the selection committee. I don't know who the selection committee is, just people over at the U of I, I suppose. But um, you know, I I guess if I get flooded with enough emails or fan mail asking for their team to get in, I just send them all to the mm-hmm. U of I, maybe that would help convince them that uh your team wants to play. We've got uh, five area teams over there this year. Why not make it eight next year? Who I'm knows? looking forward to the last game, uh, Rantoul St. Thomas Moore. Yeah, that's the only one featuring two area teams. Mm-hmm. Yep, seven uh, o'clock start. Yeah, hundred. You get the Saturday night lights, which is uh, that'll that'll draw people out for sure. Because sit in the west stands is that is that, what that is? I believe that's okay. what we were told. Yes, west stands. Anyway, we'll have coverage uh, from there on Saturday. Uh, photographs, uh, yes. all everything. Yep. Well. Uh, Another team that uh, is in the same conference as Rantoul and St. Thomas More is Monticello. And we are joined now by Monticello quarterback Braden Snyder. Braden, thanks so much for being on the show this evening. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. And uh, you guys are now 4-0, uh, most recently ranked fifth in the Class 3A Associated Press poll. Uh, one thing, though, uh, I don't believe you've had a chance to play an entire four quarters yet. Do you wish that that wasn't the case at this point? Yeah, well, <clears throat> we're pretty solid on offense and defense, so the scores have been a lot of lopsided at the first half of the season, but we're, we're going to get some tougher games in the second half, and I expect to play four quarters coming up pretty soon. Certainly. And uh, how do you stay fresh in a situation like that? I mean, uh, do, does it take a little extra time at practice or anything like that, or are you just going about it business as usual even though you're not out there for a full four? Yeah, we prepare at practice every week like we're going to play four. We don't take any opponent lightly. And um, uh, once it once it gets to the point where we get taken out, we're still engaged in the game and helping the backups. 
and uh, telling them what to do and giving them advice. So we're still engaged in the game even though we're not on the field. And that's obviously important and uh, certainly a big reason uh, being engaged is why you guys have been able to jump ahead of all four of your opponents really fast each time. Uh, how, how are you guys uh, able to do that, though, as far as actual play goes? I mean, what are you guys uh, seeing out there that's allowing you to build these big leads so fast? Yeah, during the week we uh, prepare really well. Um, Coach Welter, he does a great job of getting us prepared, knowing what they're going to do, and... Um, he has a good script up of plays, and most of the time they're effective, and uh, we jump out to a pretty early lead. Well, uh, Coach Coach Cully Welter recently set the uh, school record, uh, program record for most wins by a head coach, uh, but uh, you are certainly a big part of that as well. Your performance, and uh, recently you've been running for a lot, uh, a lot of touchdowns. After you started the first two games, kind of throwing the ball all over the place into the end zone. Do you see yourself as a, a true dual threat quarterback at this point? Um, a little bit. I, uh, I'm more of a hard nosed runner. I think I'm. I do what the traditional I feel like fullback role would be. Um, so when we get down close to the goal line, that's usually when I try to run it in, not necessarily the longer runs, but like 10 yards and under, I can do it. Well, uh, you guys, uh, you mentioned not, uh, overlooking any teams on your schedule, which is important in the Illini Prairie Conference, of course, but next two opponents you guys have up, uh, both winless right now. You assume you're going to get the best shot from both of those teams trying to get on the positive side of the ledger, right? For sure. Um, last year, these two opponents were probably were one of our, two of our toughest opponents. So um, we don't take them lightly. Bloomington Central Catholic this week. We've already started preparing for them, and uh, they're no one to sleep on. We feel like they could have a win here or there. So um, we're preparing like always. Well, uh, something I mentioned uh, at the beginning of our chat here, Braden Snyder, Monticello quarterback. Uh, was that you guys were ranked fifth in the most recent Class 3A Associated Press polls? That uh, are rankings anything you guys ever really talk about? No, not we. Uh, of course, you see it, but it's nothing like coaches don't preach anything about rankings. We're just trying to get better each and every week. So, I mean, we see it, but it's not something we hang our heads on or get high up whenever we move up. It's just another another week. Well, Braden Snyder getting ready for another week, as he says. Thanks so much for joining us again, Braden. Really appreciate it. Good luck this week. Yep, thank you, guys. That was a very informative chat from a, a well-rounded, uh, well-rounded athlete in Braden Snyder. Uh, he's uh, he's leading a very strong Monticello program right now, and uh, one that I'm sure the fans over in Piatt County can be proud of. Did anybody doubt that Cully Walter would uh, have this program? Oh no. Uh, purring like it is you uh, you ask Cully Walter who's uh, who's causing this he's going to give it all to the athletes I still can't get over talking to him after the win against St. Thomas Moore in week three him just laying into himself about his coaching performance despite the fact he had just set a record a school record saying he was he coached an awful game and his head wasn't on straight and he's just he's, he's his own biggest critic which uh, I can relate to actually so all right those state rankings come out tomorrow they'll be in Wednesday's news gazette and right. tomorrow's news gazette is our top 10 where the sages are still number two <laughs> you uh, you broke the bubble there yes getting into our last two teams of the uh, top 10 this week monticello moves up one spot to number two 
defeated Rantoul 50 to nothing, scored all 50 of those points in the first quarter and or first quarter first half. If scoring 50 points in the first quarter would be really impressive, but they scored all 50 of those points in the first half and uh, kind of walked it in from there. Uh, the defense has allowed just two touchdowns through four games, uh, permitted 53 yards of offense from the Eagles, all said and done in week four. Uh, Braden, as I mentioned before, Braden Snyder, uh, he, he was slinging the ball all over the place the first two weeks, and he still is, but uh, three rushing touchdowns um, in this most recent win and two more throwing, so uh, the Sages... On the rise, play 0-4 Bloomington Central Catholic this week, a team not many people are expecting to be 0-4 at this point, but one Monticello is not going to overlook. You talk about Braden Snyder. Uh, I have him in my MVP yeah. rankings. Is that a I think that's fair. I got, uh, I've got, I should have rounded out to five guys, really. I don't know why I only listed four guys. I could have found a fifth. But I, I got four guys listed here before we get to our number one team, who I think we should uh, we should talk about as MVPs. Uh, Braden Snyder, certainly one of those guys. Mm-hmm. He has uh, four rushing touchdowns and 12 passing touchdowns through four weeks. I believe he's been picked off one time, and that was at the in the STM game on a ball that was deflected into the air and caught in a in a huddle of people. So that that could really happen to anybody. Um, three other guys: Tyler Wilson, uh, Fisher. 119 carries, 681 yards, 12 touchdowns through four weeks. Uh, he's uh, he's averaging uh, over 30 carries, well, just slightly under 30 carries a game. Uh, he, he did hit 35 in his first game, but he's slightly under 30 carries a game right now. Uh, Dwight Colvin, St. Joseph Hogden, we talked about him earlier, leads the area in rushing yardage right now with 727 on 107 carries, 10 touchdowns on the ground, had three of them last week. And then uh, Peyton Taylor from Salt Fork, uh, representing the defensive side of the ball, 57 tackles through four games, so averaging almost 12 tackles a game so far. All right. We uh, name our player of the year uh, after the season, of course. We'll have our All-State team, which we release on Thanksgiving Day. That's right. And then the All-Area team is usually first week of December, yes. maybe a little later. We, uh, we, we drag the... Uh, we drag the first teamers over to Memorial Stadium, or maybe we'll maybe we'll pick another spot this year, but probably Memorial Stadium. Uh, usually, it's uh, snowing or getting ready to snow, and the kids come out in their short sleeves and uh, take take photos and get snowed on, and uh, everybody loves it because, you know, like Lenny said at the top of the show, getting to be in Memorial Stadium is just something that uh, actually being on the field. It's a it's a once in a lifetime experience. All right, number one stays number one. It's been that way since uh, we started doing this number thing in August. Number one stays number one, and uh, Gibson City, Melvin Sibley uh, will probably, I would think, move up a spot in the Associated Press poll this week uh, due to Tuscola's loss. I've been ranking GCMS number one in Class 1A all year. I've been ranking them number one in our top ten poll. Uh, the Falcons defeated Fieldcrest 48-6. 18th consecutive win uh, sets a school record for most wins in a row. Uh, Ryland Holt also set a record. 22-yard touchdown reception from Nathan Gerard broke the program record for all-time touchdown catches. So congratulations to Ryland, who is also a threat uh, in basketball, for that accomplishment. Josh Bly had 11 tackles as well, uh, three sacks to go with that. That's a that's a lot of hitting the quarterback. Uh, you better watch out for this kid if you're uh, if you're an offensive lineman. Uh, the Falcons, as we mentioned before, visit Fisher this week, and they're uh, likely to encounter a rowdy group of bunnies over there for the Falcon Bunny matchup. That's the game Colin Likas will be at on Friday night. 
It's not the only good game, of course. No, not at all. We're kind of loaded in week Oh, yeah. Five. I would say we're loaded every week, really. we got games we can talk about all the time. But once you get the records starting to – you start to figure out who's heading in the right direction and who's maybe trending downward, games of the week start to be a little easier to to figure out. Uh, GCMS Fisher, certainly one of those. I actually had somebody who uh, tweeted at me today asking what their, our game of the week was going to be. And uh, I offered that one up to him, and he didn't seem to have a problem with it. So at least one satisfied customer. Uh, Tri-County at Salt Fork, another good game, a crossover game uh, between the LOVC and the VVC. Uh, Titans lost their first game last week, Salt Fork undefeated, so good matchup of small schools. Another good matchup of small schools uh, in the LOVC, Cerro Gordo Bement visiting Arcola. The Broncos and the Purple Riders are both 3-1, and one. Uh, so that, uh, that will be a hard-hitting matchup, no doubt. And then in the Illini Prairie Conference, rounded out with St. Joseph Ogden visiting Pontiac in a battle of 4-0 and teams. Uh, if the Spartans want to prove that they are the real deal, going through Pontiac will be a good first step. Uh, if they get through Pontiac, going through Prairie Central and Monticello later will be steps two and three. A couple of programming notes, as Colin said, uh, Matt Daniels will have a story on Dwight Colvin in Sunday's news. Yes. Is that just a, a, a great story to tell? Our Robin Scholes followed him yes. on Friday night. And Matt, uh, Matt's been writing some good football stuff, so I can uh, stretch myself out to do some uh, some other sports, uh, which I really appreciate. And Yeah, Matt's going to have that. Uh, I'm going to have to add on to that. I'm going to have a story on uh, Fisher's Tyler Wilson uh, later this week as well. Going to head over uh, to Fisher and chat with the hardworking running back as well as Coach Jake Palmer and find out a little more about uh, how they've been off to uh, such a good start. All right, on a radio note, uh, DWS is going to carry that Rantoul St. Thomas Morgan Excellent. at 7 p.m. on Saturday. That's great to hear. Great way to spend the oh, Saturday yeah. night listening. You got to that. tune into that. That's going to be a that's going to be a tight game. The boys on the radio again. We're coming to crunch time for playoffs. Uh, teams like Unity, uh, you might as well start panicking. It's at this yeah. I mean, you, you hate to use the word panic, but it is panic time. I mean, you're zero four. You, you literally cannot afford to lose a game. Otherwise, you're not making the playoffs. Uh, Pontiac. Uh, perennial playoff contender Westville, which eased into the playoffs last year, is zero and four. Uh, I mean, there's just some uh, some programs we're not really used to seeing uh, have trouble that are having trouble, and you know it's uh, that's the nature of the game, really. I mean, uh, coaching can only take you so far. The athletes have to take it into their hands, and sometimes things just don't work out. That's not to say that Unity and or Westville couldn't rattle off uh, five straight wins and make themselves eligible. But they're definitely facing an uphill battle. I'm curious about Muhammad, whether they can uh, you know, get a streak going. They've got a game against Mattoon, which I always say wrong. I always say Mattoon, so I made an effort to say it right. I think they might come out on the right end of that rivalry game this week. There you go. Strong words from Colin Likas. Yeah. Follow along with Colin. His predictions are in Thursday's paper. His online scoreboard is Friday, about 6.30 it gets going. Yep. We'll even have it all day Saturday with oh, these yeah. games. Oh, yeah. Four games. Got to have it running. All right, Colin, Colin, it's been a pleasure. Jim we'll, Rosso, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Ray Loman, Loman Ray Insurance Prep Football Confidential here on DWS and WHMS. We've got the Lovey Smith Show coming up live from Buffalo Wild Wings. Hope you guys come back 
Next week, we will have the recap of week five right here on News Talk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, and Light Rock 97.5, WHMS, Champaign-Urbana. That Lovey Smith Show on both stations. Stay tuned.